0: Filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the HR Room
1: Podcast. Circle K is Ireland's leading forecourt and convenience retailer with over 2,300 employees and a retail network made up of over 420 stations Across the island of Ireland. Circle K recently conducted research to highlight the issue of unacceptable customer behaviour towards its own staff as well as employees and other retail settings and the findings have set Circle K on a journey to protect their employees' well-being in a strategic and effective manner. So to take a closer look at the results of this research and to share insights into the work Circle K is now planning and implementing, we're delighted to be joined by Anya Grealish, HR and HSE Director at Circle K Ireland. Thanks for joining us Anya, how are you?
2: Good, Owen. Thanks. Uh, lovely to be here and thanks a for having me.
1: Brilliant stuff. And as always, we're joined by our very own Mary Cullen, Founder and Managing Director here at Inside HR. How are you, Mary?
3: I'm great. Thanks, Owen. Lovely to have you here, Anya. Thanks, Mary.
1: Brilliant. So let's jump right in. So I suppose very interesting uh, research, on you, and we're, we're delighted to, to have you here to talk a bit about it because it's not something we actually get to talk about very often for such a big sector. So delighted to have you on. Um, So to kick us off, Anja, can you talk to us just about some of the, I suppose, the key findings of the research and who was surveyed?
2: Yeah, so um, we kicked off a harassment survey in Circle K. Uh, Our starting point was to do this internally. So initially, we surveyed our own employees. Uh, We had a response from around 380 colleagues, um, and we got a good uh, view of harassment within Circle K from that. Uh, But we certainly suspected that this wasn't just a Circle K issue, that the the issue of harassment was growing uh, and becoming more prevalent. So we also went and surveyed the Irish retail sector. um, So we got 500 responses from outside of Circle K. And we also have the results of that to compare.
1: Brilliant. So an extensive extensive piece of work. So looking forward to, I suppose, um, delving more into it. Can you talk to us about some of the kind of key findings that came out of that? Any kind of headline items on you?
2: Yeah, so the, it's not it doesn't doesn't make for pretty reading to be honest on um is the first thing I'd say and when we did the survey someone actually asked me when we got the results was I surprised by them and I guess that the the unfortunate answer is I wasn't surprised but having said that when you see it in black and white it's pretty stark you know it hits home um so uh 75% of Circus K retail employees Um, and 83% of Irish retail workers, so the external survey, have experienced some form of abuse from customers. So that's the first thing we asked. Um, 69% of Circle K employees say they had seen fellow colleagues experience inappropriate behaviour, such as physical assault or verbal abuse when dealing with customers, and half of other Irish retail workers said they had witnessed customers physically assault a colleague. They're very big numbers. when you think of the retail industry, uh, so I think there's around 300,000 retail workers in Ireland, um, and that number of people experiencing that level of harassment and inappropriate behaviour is, is quite worrying.
1: 100%. Such a huge scale of a, a problem, um, and again, unfortunately, not hugely surprising, but from our own perspective, again, the number we didn't expect the numbers to be that high. So yeah, some some stark results there. Um, so Mary, you've kind of, I suppose, kind of seen and heard a little bit about this research too. I get some of your kind of initial reactions, thoughts Mary?
3: yeah, it's appalling, isn't it that somebody comes into their job and for no reason other than being there, that somebody uh, is abusive towards them or harasses them based on their gender or their sex or being different or whatever the actual reasons for doing that. Um, I know myself years ago, I used to work in, in retail in Dublin as a, when I was a student and I actually got held up, uh, believe it or not, in, in a shop where I worked and um, I was quite traumatised after it myself, um, both being verbally abused and, and physically threatened at that time. Uh, and I did leave retail um at that time and and took work elsewhere because of of the impact of that trauma on me so uh, lots of you don't know about me own <laughs> i I know you see me with my hr hat on but i think these experiences um you know can be really really difficult and anybody experiencing abuse of any sort um in their day job for doing nothing other than serving customers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just not acceptable. And and you have to question what's happening in Irish society that this is increasing. Um, you, you would hope, you know, with with all the things that have changed in the world of work over the last three or four years, you, you would hope that people were, um, I suppose, more accommodating, more respectful, uh, kinder. These are not um, impossible things to want in the workplace from from your customers.
1: Definitely, it's a, definitely a sense that we should do better, 100%. Um, and I suppose, one you kind of alluded to it there to start, but why was this brought about? Was there a sense that it was needed, I suppose? What was the, the thoughts internally?
2: Yeah, it, it, there was certainly a sense that it was needed. Uh, and, you know, I should say, the majority of our customers are, are kind, respectful, behave appropriately. There's no issue at all with them. It's a very small number of people then who do behave disrespectfully or, 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 or display behavior that we shouldn't accept, that isn't appropriate. Um, so I think since COVID, uh, things changed for people, you know, people's attitude changed and so on. And I suppose, ironically, you know, frontline workers were applauded during covid and and rightly recognised for the work that they did and the fact that they were still out there in an uncertain world especially initially um but now definitely there's an element of a very small number of people just believing that they can they can treat people as they want and treat people disrespectfully we would have seen uh, circle k is across europe um So I would have heard from my HRD network that this is an issue across the other countries that that Circle K are in as well. Um, And then, you know, we certainly believed it wasn't just restricted to Circle K, that it was a retail issue, even talking across my network of of colleagues across across Ireland uh, and across other retailers. Um, So what we wanted to do then was knowing that it was an issue and a worryingly growing issue um, we really wanted to get a handle of how much of an issue it was for us. And that's where the survey, the idea for the survey came out of. Um, so just to get, to get put numbers on it, I suppose, you know, get an idea of where the issues were. Some sites uh, have no uh, problems at all with harassment. Um, and some it's very infrequent. And then in others, you know, there's some areas that we have stored in that harassment and abusive behaviour towards our employees would be fairly regular occurrence, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely. Look, Mary, I suppose we do talk a lot about in this podcast and I suppose just generally in the HR world about things like strategies for attracting talent, retaining talent, rewards packages, all these things which are obviously important. But I suppose it's very important to obviously not forget about things like basic safety, people being able to feel safe and okay when they come to work, Mary, isn't it?
3: Oh, without a doubt. And, And it's a real challenge, isn't it, from an employer perspective? Because, you know, a lot of our dignity at work, Policies and our uh, disciplinary policies and all of those kind of things are are focused internally on on uh, improving behaviours internally and ensuring that you provide a safe place to work. But for those who front face and it's 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 not just retail. I mean, you hear about these stories in healthcare in uh, anywhere where people are interacting with the public. And I think it's really sad because we need retail workers. We need people who are willing to, you know, work late at night somewhere to serve us if if we need diesel or petrol or or supplies or whatever. You know, you need um, retail workers. So I think it's very disappointing to uh, hear of, of stories like these, uh, and I am curious, Sonia, in terms of um, your survey, and whether you found that it, it affected certain groups more than other groups. Um, you know, and and what can an organisation actually do to support and help people in that environment, knowing that they might be there late at night, knowing that they, um, you know, at times may have only small numbers of staff on and things like that, which, which potentially is frightening then for, for the individuals and makes it difficult for uh, uh, the retail sector to uh, provide or, or get people who are willing to work those kind of hours
2: yeah um it would be definitely one of the most worrying um outputs of the survey for me is that seventy percent of employees said that they have considered leaving retail because of um risk being on the receiving end of harassments um so all of the things you mentioned there, mary, in terms of people focused policies you know uh, we we've implemented a lot of those i think, like other companies, even more focused on it uh, in the past couple of years um you know we've brought in miscarriage leave leave um we have we have um done a lot in terms of trying to retain people and it was a tough year last year for retention certainly circle k i think it was across a lot of the retail um industry and for other employers as well that has settled down a bit for us so we've kind of turned a corner in the last six months and retention is definitely increasing and it's less of an issue for us however we put a lot of work into it and in such a tough environments and as you say antisocial hours shift work it's not an easy job to begin with um so to have this kind of hanging over employees that 70% of them feel that, that maybe they would leave retail because of harassment that it, it's certainly an added uh, complexity that we don't need you know and frontline workers are vital so some of the customers who don't treat our employees or retail employees well they'll be the same customers who are complaining if they don't get service or if the the shop is closed when they need it, you know. So I think that's a a big part of it is that um, when people aren't respected, but they're still expected to to keep going and do the role. And I always think back to, I suppose it's a bit of an old-fashioned view on things that the customer is always right. That's still prevalent, but I don't think it's right. The customer is right a lot of the time, but when the customer is not right, We need to be stepping up and backing our employees and saying, look, that customer has crossed the line. You're absolutely right not to accept it and we will support you there. And I think that's something that needs to be stronger and that certainly we're emphasising more within Circle K with our own employees. Mm
1: -hmm. An important point to note, I think we were all about frontline workers and people that were working throughout COVID and the pandemic, for instance, and rightfully so. So it's strange to see such a a switch around potentially, I suppose, with, with with the the reception, the, the treatment they're, they're getting. Um, so Mary, I suppose, kind of I just go back to the law briefly for a second? Um, so Mary, there was a recently, and this might be, I think, I'm fairly sure this is connected directly, I suppose. there was recently a code of practice on harassment, Mary, isn't there, and bullying and all that kind of stuff. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, what it aims to do and how it might be applied to this?
3: Yeah, so uh, an employer uh, has a duty of care to employees and are obliged to provide a, a safe place of work for people Um, and in doing so um, they ought to have dignity at work policies protecting employees not just from um, the people that they encounter on a day-to-day basis as colleagues or managers But also from uh, members of the general public, from suppliers, from contractors. And in circumstances where somebody feels something has happened that's unacceptable or maybe there's repeated. Uh, behaviors, then they can come to their employer and um, make a complaint as such. But look, I mean, that's not where any business wants to be. And certainly from a HR perspective, we don't want people to feel that they need to lodge complaints um, and, you know, have uh, big elaborate processes uh, along with them, you know, behaviour. And I love the way um, your organisation is looking at educating the public. I think that's brilliant and a, a brilliant response from the organization to the results. Um, but then also there's the protection piece of the individuals and how do you ensure that? And I'm sure, you know, from a health and safety perspective and, and loan workers and all of those things, organizations are putting in place steps and strategies and, um, you know, alarm systems and all, all of those things um, to protect people ultimately, if somebody is being harassed at work. So harassment uh, is a form of discrimination, and a single instance can um, be considered harassment. Um, And, you know, that's if um, somebody's harassed on any of the nine protected grounds, um, being you know, race, religion, religion sexual orientation, uh, membership of the traveling community, so on and so forth. We, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast uh, from an internal perspective. It gets a little bit harder from a company perspective or from a HR perspective, when it's not somebody internal that you can't compel to participate in an investigation process, uh, you may not know who they are. Your only option may be to report to the guardie. Um, you know, but these are these are really big challenges, really big challenges and And I'd be curious to to hear how how uh, your organization is dealing with this, Anya.
1: Yeah, definitely. Perfect just segue to my next question. Yeah, if you want to go ahead, on, and I suppose kind of just take us through more I suppose some of the policies, procedures, all that kind of good stuff.
2: Yeah, so just, I suppose, referring to the the harassment parts um, that you mentioned there, Mary, on the survey we found that uh, 18% of our, our own employees experienced harassment based on gender and 34% based on race. Um uh, it was slightly higher, 28% for the, the Irish retail staff um, their harassment was based on gender so you know that's part of it um, the two biggest categories that we got feedback on was um verbal abuse and foul language sometimes it's not based on discriminatory grounds it's just poor behavior from the customer and lashing out i suppose i'd call it for, for want of, of a better description um but that can be every bit as distressing you know so it doesn't necessarily need to be linked to the nine grounds for it to be uh, an issue for our colleagues, for sure. Um, so, look, we're at the start of a, a journey here, I'd call it, and we're at the very start of that journey. So we recognised that this was an area we needed to, to get to grips with, and we went out with the survey, and we now have that as, as a basis. Um, so the couple of things we've done so far, first thing is talk to our colleagues about it. So we want them to, to uh, report every case of harassment. Um, so we've put some systems in place where it, it, to make it easier for them to report, you know, it, typically it goes through the store manager, but we've, uh, put some, uh, supports in, in place so that an employee can just scan a QR code and log something themselves directly. Cause we want to make sure that we're getting all of the feedback. Um, and the purpose of that is so that we can, number one, we can support every single incident. Um, so that, you know, if nobody feels something happened to them and we're not doing anything about it. Now, in some cases, we're limited to what we can do about it, Mary, as you mentioned. You know, it's, it's someone, it's a member of the public who's now gone. Um, but we report every instance that that's at the level that we should. Um, we support the employee, like, you know, like a lot of other companies, we'd have an uh, employee assistance program. We can escalate that to one-to-one counseling where needed. Um, but it's really just supporting them in the process so let's say they have to go and report something that we support them with that in some cases someone has to report something themselves directly the company can't do it on their behalf but we can certainly accompany them or we can bring the guard to comment and, and take a statement or, or whatever it entails um, and that in itself gives the colleague more uh, more faith in the company i guess and also more more um more support or confidence to go and 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 address the issue Um, outside of that then we are looking at a security review so where needed we we review the security be it static or the cctv system we have Um, and in some cases we do have areas where there's more antisocial behavior than others so we recently took on the um some standalone stores in dublin city center and we're definitely seeing a different type of clientele there and a different level of harassment against our employees so in those cases, and in some non-Dublin city centre stores as well, um, we are investing in technology. So we have put in an anti-aggression system to trial in some of our stores. And what that entails is basically each employee wears like, like a watch or a Fitbit uh, around their wrist. And if they're concerned about any behaviour or activity in store, they hit a button on the watch. And that activates to uh, a remote uh, monitoring centre, and the remote monitoring centre has a view of the the store, and also has a mic into the store. So they view the cameras, they see what's going on, and then they can um, jump in and say, right, the, the you know the gentleman in the blue jacket, back away from our our uh, colleagues. The guardsy have been called. Uh, they'll be here very shortly. And we find that that actually uh, maybe stops incidents before they ever happen because it's surprising to the person who is. Doing something wrong you know so they they do back away and they do kind of uh drop everything and go you know so we're trying trying that in a couple of different sites um but then on a more general level we find that training we can definitely step up on on the training we provide to people so twofold in terms of for store managers or management teams we train them on how to deal with the situation how to report how to bar someone if they need to bar someone some of these basic things that you might think of oh, people will get through if they have to do it but they need to know how to do it right and then the second part that we are planning um and one that i think is very very important is de-escalation training for all of our colleagues so sometimes we will have a situation where um there's there's a comment made by a customer or there's uh, a customer is unhappy about the situation and through no fault of their own and completely unintentionally our employee may say something that aggravates the situation or aggravates the customer. So this de-escalation training is very important to us that they just use the right language and um, right body language is as important and do everything they can to de-escalate before any situation gets out of control. So there's a couple of things planned. Um, I'll let you know how they go. You know, we're, we're, as I said, very early days, but um, uh, we're certainly looking to every solution we can find to help reduce these incidents.
1: Definitely, I suppose that's what I loved about the, the story when we, when we, I suppose, researched this on you. It was not just the whole data collection piece and how, I suppose, wide-ranging wide, wide ranging the pool of data he had was, but it's that decisive action piece, things about training and that kind of thing. So I suppose when it comes to sharing advice on you with other companies in the retail sector or companies that might be facing these kind of issues and want to do something about it, would they be the kind of foundations of your advice, the, the surveying the staff, decisive action, that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I think so. It, it resonated a lot with the retail industry, I think, uh, when we went out and did this survey. And then um, we would have done what we called a kindness day in January. So we, we took the opportunity to hold a kindness day and share the results of the, sh- the survey um, and did, did a, a media launch of that at the time. So kindness day really was a day plucked out of nowhere. It was 25th of January, no significance to the date. But really, it was a message to our customers to say, please be kind to our, our employees because they're here to serve you every day. Um, and it was it was just that, in its simplest form, we sent out uh, point-to-sale material to all the stores. They had posters up, they had badges. And that did two things for us. One, from a customer's perspective, customers were curious. They're saying, what's kindness day, what's going on? It initiated that bit of conversation between employees and customers, um, reinforced to us that the majority of our customers are great, you know, that, that they, they are respectful at all times to our employees. Um, but the second thing it did was it gave our employees a message that this is important enough for us to go out and actually communicate directly with customers to say, please be kind, you know, please respect our employees, um, that we took up the, the monthly print run for it, that we took up our, our, our point of sale uh, spaces for it in the stores because it's an important aspect of the job to make sure that they are, they are safe and secure. So we got a, a really good engagement for all, from our, our own employees with that as well. Um, so that kind of stay worked well for us. So I'd say definitely something like that is good. Um, and then I, I guess from an investment perspective, we've changed all of our, our stores now to a safe pay set um, setup. so cashless mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of the employees using their tills. So that's, Mary, you spoke about being held up. That's really reduced any um incidents of robberies for us. Uh, we still have a very small number of them, but as robbers come up against the cashless system, they don't come back, you know, so it's definitely greatly reduced any incidents of that for us. So sometimes it's investments, you know, it's investment for, for the good of your employees. Um, but I do think a huge part of it doesn't even need a lot of investment. It's the awareness part. It's talking about it, it's making it a topic of conversation in the industry. And that um, the, the media campaign that we did certainly did that. I you know, we got a lot of engagement from Retail Ireland, from IBEC, from Retail Excellence Ireland. Um, I myself spoke at a couple of HR forums and the like. So, and really good, really good engagement, and really good feedback from other um, retailers to say this is absolutely an issue for us as well. And it is something that we, we are concerned about and it's something we need to address. Definitely. So, yeah, I think all in all that it's well worth talking about at starting
1: point. 100%. I suppose similar final question to yourself, Mary, I suppose when it comes to sharing that advice and that guidance with other companies, I want to kind of do something similar. I think you're probably going to echo a lot of what Oni said there, I think, Mary, aren't you?
3: Absolutely. Well, we always say here, listen to your employees because your employees are going to tell you what they're experiencing in the workplace and what the challenges that they face are. Um, And, you know, I think there's something to be said for cross-collaboration with other sectors as well, because there are other sectors who face uh, these kind of issues on an ongoing basis as well, Um, and understanding the the things that, you know, work well in one environment, maybe with technology, for instance, um, you know, and uh, training that can um, make a huge difference, too. I know certainly I've worked in um, providing conflict management training and that de-escalation training in the healthcare care uh, settings. I wouldn't have thought about it in the retail setting. And for no other reason, even given my own experience of being held up, for no other reason than the demand wasn't there. Um, from that particular sector, or at least it wasn't articulated. I haven't heard it really articulated until now, you. So I think you've done an important thing um, for the retail sector. But there are many other people, whether they're taxi drivers, um, you know, we've heard about racism uh, towards taxi drivers uh, in the media. We hear about uh, abuse towards healthcare professionals, particularly in an A&E setting. We hear about abuse in retail. You hear about abuse in um, hotel catering as well, uh, particularly when alcohol is taken. And, you know, that, the collaboration across sectors to see, well, what is working, what's working effectively, um, you know, who's out there providing this kind of training. Those kind of things I, I think are really helpful when you're facing um, these kind of problems. Because, you know, a, a young 18-year-old like myself back in the day left. My parents wanted me to leave. Everyone around me was appalled. I was traumatised and... Um, you know, and the response from from my manager wasn't brilliant at the time. But look, bearing in mind that we were we were back in the uh, early nineties at that stage, that's understandable too. And never held it against them. It was just the reality of of that particular job for me. But I do understand the fear um, that somebody might feel. Obviously, I was in extreme circumstances, but been abused and shouted at, uh, irrespective of, of uh, the circumstances. You know, physiological changes happen uh, in in your own body at that time. If someone shouts at you, um, your fight or flight instincts rush in. And each of us has a way of responding in those circumstances. In my case, I, I was just panicked into silence. Um, Other people might uh, panic into regression or whatever else. So helping people understand their own response systems as well is useful and and for people to think about these things beforehand. But certainly, you know, to be abused in your job, um, that's dreadful. It's dreadful for any human being.
1: 100% any support at all that's provided will will go a long way to, to making your staff your employees feel a little bit better him and be more supported at least so look very important discussion very insightful as well so look thank you on for your time and mary as well for for yes yeah, such a very important discussion to be honest one I, I really i suppose enjoyed getting all those insights and hopefully it's something that will be really helpful for a lot of our listeners so thank you also to everyone for listening we'll catch you next week for the next installment of our, of our podcast so don't forget to click subscribe and join the discussion on our social media channels and as always for hr consultancy services and management you can trust get in touch with us today at insighthr.ie Thank you again, Anya, and thank you again, Mary.
3: Thanks, Owen. Thank you, Anya. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us today on the HR Room Podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR that helps you create the human resources systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, go to www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. That's www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like, and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to create the ideal workplace for their business. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or an on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Thanks, and see you soon.